Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This is People Every Day. Coming up, breaking down Kelly Clarkson's whopping $200,000 a month spousal and child support payment to ex-Brandon Blackstock. Plus, actor Wentworth Miller opens up about being on the spectrum. And country star Luke Bryan shares his family's heart-wrenching journey. It's July 28th. Hello, hello. This is People Every Day. I'm Janine Rubenstein, and it is Wednesday. We're only halfway through, and it's been such a busy news week already. Later in the show, writer Nancy Crew sits down with country star and American Idol judge Luke Bryan, who opens up about his family life after a string of tragedies and taking in his sister's children. It's such a heartwarming story, so stick around for that. As for the latest news out there, it seems like Kanye West has the most epic at home recording studio ever. Following the rapper's big Donda album listening party last week at Atlanta's Mercedes-Benz Stadium, it appears he has decided to stick around and is living there. Yes, where about 40,000 people just were listening to his music. He's calling that home until his album is all finished. Never thought I'd be inside of Kanye's house, but since I was at the stadium for the show last week, now I can say that I have been. <laughs> and there's a string of breaking health-related stories as well. So Better Call Saul star Bob Odenkirk collapsed on set and was rushed to the hospital on Tuesday, where he remains right now as I record this. And then 35-year-old model and actress Ruby Rose took to Instagram to reveal her hospitalization over the weekend after facing complications from surgery. Rose said that she was actually turned away from emergency rooms because of overcrowding from the uptick in coronavirus cases. So just wishing both of them a speedy recovery. And no, I haven't forgotten about the Olympics. So before we break down more headlines, here's a quick Olympic news sprint from People Sports editor Lindsay Kimball reporting from the ground. Take it away, Lindsay. We have had an exciting 24 hours of Olympic events to get the day started. We had Katie Ledecky from Team USA Swimming got the gold medal in the women's 1500 freestyle. That's the first time that that sport has been included on the Olympic roster. On the other side of things, Simone Biles unexpectedly uh, said she's not going to participate in the women's individual all round, which is tomorrow. This comes after she pulled out of the women's team gymnastics all around mid competition, which was surprising, then later told reporters it was because of her mental health. She wasn't in a good mental state. So today, USA Gymnastics put out a statement and said that she was evaluated by a medical team and decided it was not best for her to compete on Thursday. It's unclear if she's going to still participate in her final four events. So only time is going to tell on that. But we're watching closely and, of course, you know, sending well wishes to Simone as she goes through this. So much is happening, right? Well, joining me now 
now is Zoe Ruderman, head of people.com, to break down some other major headlines that caught my eye. Hi, Zoe. Hi, Janine. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. It, it's craziness right now. Like, I feel like everything is just happening all at once. There's a lot to talk, to talk about, but mostly I want to talk about Kanye's home that you went to. <laughs> and suddenly my 1,100 square foot apartment is not seeming so luxurious anymore. Right? Well, it was very industrial, you know, it was very, um, lots of seating. Uh, the food was great. I mean, like, <laughs> I guess that's what's most important, right? Get you in the creative process. Amazing acoustics. Uh, okay. But let, let's talk about Wentworth Miller. Uh, this is just a truly incredible story. He's the prison break actor and he is 49 years old and he revealed that he was diagnosed with autism late last year. So he revealed it on Instagram and tell us what he said about his diagnosis. Yeah. So he had a pretty lengthy post. Um, the photo itself was just a white square and he really focused on the caption. He said it's been a year since he received an informal autism diagnosis. And he said that that was preceded by a self-diagnosis. And then later on, he got a formal diagnosis and he touched on a lot of different things, but one of them was exactly, as you said, he's 49. We don't think a lot about middle-aged people being diagnosed with the autism spectrum disorder. You often think about younger kids when they show signs. And he said it was a long, flawed process. He said it's in need of updating. Um, and he said, I'm a middle-aged man. I'm not a five-year-old. So I thought it was really interesting. He said it was a shock, but not a surprise. And that's something I've heard before from people, either parents of children who are diagnosed or from people who are diagnosed, that once they hear the sort of the explanation and, you know, all of the things that go along with being on the spectrum, they say like, this makes a lot of sense. Um, and it actually, we were talking about this earlier. It reminded me of Amy Schumer's husband, Chris Fisher in the documentary they did together. They talked about how he was diagnosed actually in the middle of this documentary. He's another middle-aged man. The quote that really stuck out to me was that it was empowering that he woke up and he felt sort of like excited by this knowledge. And that really was in line with what Wentworth was saying that, you know, this, um, it explained a lot. He said he, um, I thought it was really sweet. He, he said he wanted to thank the many people who consciously or unconsciously gave me that extra bit of grace and space over the years and allowed me to move through the world in a way that made sense to me, whether or not it made sense to them. Um, so it was really touching. I, I teared up when I was reading it. It was really humanizing. And, you know, he mentioned that he wanted to destigmatize. I think often when celebrities speak out about diagnoses, it's, um, often it's not about, um, you know, I just want to talk about it and tell everyone it's about, I want you to know that if you're out there and you're going through this or a loved one is going through it, like this isn't taboo. There's nothing wrong with this. This happens to other people and there's a community. I love that. And then also, but on the flip side of it as well, I love that he, what he said about um, not you know, being the poster child. Yes. Also, because this is new to him. He said, meanwhile, I don't want to run the risk of suddenly being a loud, ill-informed voice in the room. The autistic community, this I do know, has historically been talked over, spoken for. I don't wish to do additional harm, only to raise my hand, say I am here. Let's move on to something that has just... Um, been making me scratch my head a little bit. <laughs> uh, Kelly Clarkson has been, I guess, ordered to pay around two hundred thousand dollars in spousal and child support. This Janine, uh, two hundred thousand a month. Oh, sorry, 
a month. Yes, that part. This is to Brandon Blackstock, um, her ex-husband at this point, and uh, someone who has been her manager for years, who is, you know, behind uh, the Kelly Clarkson show. He was, I remember when I interviewed her not too long ago, she was saying he was really the driving force. She was like, I don't know if I want to do a talk show. And now we see how that's taken off and been so huge. But uh, they split last year. And now we're hearing that $200,000 a month is about what it's going to take to make make good with him? I guess so. So yeah, so there's spousal or partner support and then there's child support. And so Mm -hmm. the way that these are loosely defined are spousal or partner support is meant to maintain the standard of living that the partner had when you were together in your relationship. And then child support, Mm -hmm. same thing, but for the kid or multiple kids. So um, yeah, Clarkson was ordered this week to give her ex $150,000 a month in spousal support, which means that that goes towards his living and then mm-hmm. 45,000 a month in child support. Um and apparently he asked for quite a bit more than that. So if you think 200,000 a month is a lot. Wow, 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 wow. Okay, wait. So is this regardless? I mean, I know we're not lawyers here, but is this regardless of his like whopping paycheck already? This is just because they split? Or? There are a lot of yeah, there are a lot of things that factor into it. So it's not just a matter of like you don't have a job, you have no money, this person has to support you and you wouldn't be able to put food on the table. There are other things that factor in, but certainly um, the amount of money that someone is taking in is factored in. So yeah, really what it comes down to is that Kelly makes a whole lot more than him. And so yes. then she will give him money to be able to maintain um, his standard of living. And those are, you know, that can be used towards um, security. I think like we as non-celebrities or me as a non-celebrity, I shouldn't speak for you, Janine, but you hang <laughs> out at Kanye's here, home. Um, <laughs> but, you know, things like security, that's really, really expensive. Um, you know, especially if you're a big time celebrity and it's round the clock security, this isn't just like, you know, I want to go get a manicure or I want to eat out on Saturday night. So it's sort of like every expense, but I'm with you. No, this is kind of like, I want to go get a manicure in San Tropez. Like, Ooh, I love that kind of manicure. That's my favorite kind. Yeah, but it's pretty crazy. But it actually, remember a couple weeks ago, um, there was that story about Dr. Dre who was ordered to pay his ex, Nicole Young. 3.5 3.5 million a year in spousal support. And so that, I think that breaks down to like almost 300,000 a month. Um, yeah. And that was, they actually broke down what it was going towards and it was maintaining two homes. One of them's in Malibu, um, her health insurance. But it came out that Nicole had actually asked for more. She'd asked for 2 million a month. Okay. Well, I mean, I, I guess you got to aim high, you I know? I guess and then, so. I guess and that's just good negotiating. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, so what would you do with $200,000 a month? Well, I like your idea of a manicure in Saint-Tropez. I think that's like a nice (laughs) Saturday activity. Um, Honestly, I would like buy more homes and take a lot of trips. And sorry to tell you, People Magazine, I think I'd quit my job if I was getting $200,000 a month. That kind of outweighs my salary here. I'm sorry to tell you. I love it. But you are so right. Like every time I think about um, these lump sum of money, you have to kind of take it out of your experience and your understanding and think of just how like add three zeros onto all of your bills. And that's what these people are dealing with. So It's pretty wild. Yeah. And I was it's funny. I was sort of curious because I'm like, how where is this in the spectrum of celebrity, you know, spousal support? And I was reading about Britney Spears and Kevin Federline. And at one point he was getting 20K each month. Month. So it was 10K for each child, which when you compare okay. that to 200 or, you know, 300, it's like, that seems like nothing. And for someone yeah. like Britney Spears. Well, inflation too, because that was like, 
do that. I'm That's kidding. true. Okay. <laughs> um, and then Charlie Sheen, which was even longer ago, it was 55k per month. So some of those seem like That's nothing. You should have asked for two million, like Dre's. I know, right? Yeah, I know. Well, see, this is my thing. Just, just be broke, stay broke. You don't have to worry about these problems. (laughs) (laughs) But then, no manicures and Saint Tropez, Janine. That part. That part. Zoe, thank you so much. Thank you. Next up, writer Nancy Crew gets country superstar Luke Bryan to open up about his family's painful but resilient story. Stay tuned. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Luke Bryan is a country star who just exudes positive energy, both through his music and his smile. I've personally gotten to know even more about him, seeing him host American Idol. But few know how much he and his family have actually been through. He has a new IMDb TV docuseries called Luke Bryan, My Dirt Road Diary, and it's out August 6th. But ahead of that, he sat down with writer Nancy Crew for People and opens up like never before about the tragedy he's faced over the years. He lost his brother Chris in a car accident, his sister Kelly to natural causes, and then her husband Lee to a heart attack. And the star and his wife took in Kelly and Lee's 12-year-old son to raise as their own. Listen in now to his emotional interview with Nancy Crew. They're all so different losses. I mean, my brother was just the first time anything like that had rocked our family and it and it and it it was an earthquake to our family nucleus and yeah it was the first time i had ever truly sobbed as a as a as a i mean i was 19 so i was kind of a man but um you know it it put me into a whole nother realm of reality and and this is life this is this is precious stuff we're dealing with and i never really got to spend and really be his friend and his brother i was always the little brother and my sister was a totally different dynamic because she was like another mother to me it was uh but the the kelly had some children that she left behind i mean so we get to live through her with her children and we see so many things in her children that remind us so so she got to leave a little piece that was another thing my brother never had any children and and it's really 
I wish he had just to have some of those things to hang on to. Just in terms of, of your dealing with these, these losses, where are you um, in your healing process? I don't think we ever get over. You know, I think, you know, I think where I'm at in my healing process is first and foremost, you must, I mean, I must have faith in God that that was the plan and that was the way God has shaped informed my life um, to have these people that were so, they were granted this amount of time on earth. And I have to just trust and, and believe in my faith in God that that was the plan. As far as where I'm at in the grieving process, I don't think you ever really know exactly where you're at in a grieving process. I mean, at, at any moment, just this past weekend, my first cousin came out to a show and he and his, um, some of our family members had went through a box and found all of these photos that I've never seen. And like those brought up a whole nother memories and this happened Saturday night. So you all, you're always grieving and you're always, do I get mad about it? Yeah, I mean, you can't get mad about it. I mean, but did I ever get in a situation where I was really uh, resentful, resentful to God and resentful to why life has done me this way. I never lived in that space, really. I, I don't want to get into a theological discussion, but I, <laughs> I guess uh, when you say God has, has a plan, I guess what I hear is there is a mystery and I'm never going to understand it, but God does. Yeah, um, yeah. like I said, I mean, um, I, I have... Think God has a plan to kill people. <laughs> right. I, I, well, I don't think, I mean, I don't think, well, yeah, I mean, everybody processes how God's plan works in their life differently. I just have to have the faith that we're here for a short time and be after this life. There is, there's an infinite amount of time that I'll get to spend with these people that are no longer with me and I have to really keep my faith in that. And I say all that meaning there are residual things out there that beat me up internally and I'm not, you know, I'm not gonna sit here and say, I can walk through life unscathed. I mean, it's still life. I mean, I tell people all the time, I don't think you're gonna live a long 85 year long life without without the bumps in the road and without the challenges. I think if you think you're gonna live that way, you're being naive. I just had to learn, I just, my naiveness got cured at an early age and it got cured that life is tricky. It's just, it's just tricky, it's frustrating, but it's your life, it's your time here and really, really harness the beauty of that. Let's talk about this, this beautiful family of seven you, you, you have now. I, I mean, the, overnight you went to, from, from four to seven. Um, what were those first days and months like? Well, it was, you know, when we, when, when we lost Lee, it was, it was just tragic. I mean, I had to go in and handle and be the guy that helps with his affairs, his financial affairs, make the decision to what to do with this. and and this, and then we have to go sit as a family on Lee's side of the family and talk these things out, and, and people get opinionated about it. I mean, it was a lot of logistics, and Till, our nephew, decided he wanted to come live with us, 
and we were so honored. You know, it was a challenging time for him. I mean, he's a 12-year-old kid, and we just spent a lot of time really giving him what he needed. I mean, my wife had so many nights with him, just helping him talk out his grieving process. And the girls, they stayed in Georgia, and uh, they stayed with friends. And the main thing is when they come to our house, they can walk around in a bathrobe with their hair up in a towel and be at home, you know. I love the pictures of all seven of you. It really looks like a family of seven. When does yeah. it feel like a family? Well, I mean, it's still, you know, we never want to, you know, it, it, uh, Caroline and I are very delicate about not proclamating too much of what we may or may not done because uh, there is a global family unit that loves on these children. You know, Jordan, our our oldest niece, is getting married, and you know, like I'm literally sitting down talking to Jordan about tuxedos for all the groomsmen and trying to. I'm going to you know because Jordan's like, Luke, you've been to L.A., you know some nice tuxedo stores, and I'm like, listen, I got this handled. So are you walking her down the aisle? You know what? There is a uh, there's a uh, there's a way that it's going to happen. And um, I think it's I think it's perfect. So. Um, so you're a part of it. Oh yes, I'm a part of it. That was Nancy Crew interviewing country star Luke Bryan. For more on him, head over to People.com. Now, while I've got your attention, let me tell you about another podcast you'll enjoy. Two Girls, One Podcast is a weekly show from The Daily Dot that explores fascinating online communities and viral phenomena that couldn't exist without the magic of the internet. Allie Goldberg and Lindsay Ford are two professional actors obsessed with weird internet stuff. <laughs> These days, they're having hilarious and humanizing conversations with uh, furries, video game archaeologists, Wikipedians, ticklers, biohackers, virtual reality therapists, balloon fetishists, professional cuddlers, ASM artists, adult babies, and even God. <laughs> Go and check them out. All right, last thing, something to make you smile. After being apart for 15 months due to quarantine, a wildly wonderful ensemble is back together again. The Lion King musical cast in the UK reunited for a soul-stirring rehearsal of the timeless theme song, Circle of Life. Oh, take a listen. clip was posted to the Lion King UK's Instagram page and has racked up almost a quarter of a million views. A good, soulful reminder that yes, Broadway is almost back, baby. <laughs> I miss a live show. Oh my goodness. Talk to you guys tomorrow. Tomorrow.